It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Kansas City Chiefs break a two-game losing streak against the Patriots and, and the aforementioned nearly defunct Bill Belichick. Yeah, I don't actually believe that. But what went wrong and what tells you that there's a future for this team in the playoffs? We're going to break it all down with Matt Derrick live post-game for you on Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, everybody. We are live with you post-game with Matt Derrick from ChiefsDigest.com, our man on the beat, as well as all of you. Thanks, Chief Kinden, for being with us and making us your first listen after this uh, ball game that makes you feel a little bit better, but yet not quite right. We're going to go through all of it today uh, here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for free. That's what it means. You can find us here on YouTube, where we would encourage you, please, to click the like, click the bell. Uh, make sure you become a subscriber. We would appreciate that as well. And check us out on all the audio platforms, Spotify, Apple, and everywhere else. If there is a podcast to be had somewhere, you can find us there for free five days a week. Plus, you can also get a little bit more information on the text line at 816-357-8781. And if you're lucky, you got up early today, got to see me on Fox. So welcome and thanks to them for having me on. I hope you guys enjoyed that little bit. I'm not a professional like Mike Derek, Matt Derek, but I try to do my best. And right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to break this down and take this, Matt, as this is a win where you broke your own tendencies in getting the W, and uh, you kept some tendencies like the defense playing pretty solidly, and yet you had a couple of the faux pas that you've always had as well. So I'm trying to be positive the first half of this segment. Tell me how I keep that. What stands out to you on the plus? Come on, you people are complaining about a 10-point win on the road at New England against Bill exactly. Belichick? <laughs> I mean, okay, you want to put a bunch of asterisks next to it, fine, go for it. Oh, come on. But you just lost two games in a row, and you get a 10-point win at the hoodie? I mean, sometimes you're just complaining about the dog food. I mean, you know, and, you, and, you, and everybody's a dog, so I don't quite get it. No. I, hey, you're right. There was There's plenty to, to criticize and pick apart. Um, not much with the defense. I mean... Um, especially in the second half, I don't put that touchdown on the defense when the when the offense hands them the football like that. Definitely not going to blame it on the defense. Um, they gave up. I'm looking at it now 57 yards in the second half. Um, that's pretty good effort. So no no fault there on the defensive side. Offense, yeah, I mean it was a lot better today. It was a lot more efficient. Um, but turnovers, penalties, drops probably would have cost you against a better team. Didn't against the Patriots because the Patriots had their own self-inflicted mistakes today to let the Chiefs get away with some of their own. So, no, it wasn't the prettiest or the, the cleanest of games, but 10-point win on the road, I think you're going to take that every time. Also, a couple of BS uh, officiating calls, but we'll just go with that. As we, as I don't think anybody's going to get fined this week, though. No, <laughs> nobody's going to get fined, but uh, I think that the, Patri- well, the uh, refs uh, stopped the Chiefs from scoring an early touchdown. Uh, but regardless, Kansas City wins the game 27-17. Uh, they were not going to allow the Patriots to get a second half point until Mahomes' pass hit Tony in the hands, and it ends up in the Patriots' hands at that point. 
Uh, but honestly, both of Mahomes' turnovers were really probably on the guys that he was throwing to. Uh, Blake Bell even not coming back to the ball uh, in the middle of the field. You cannot do that. You cannot allow a defender to cross your face. He did that. It got picked. It went the other direction. Uh, and it almost became a bigger issue because it also looked like Wanya Morris, I think, got hurt a little bit on that play. Uh, but he was able to come back in and play the rest of the game. And then, obviously, the, t- the Tony pass where he l- takes his eyes off of it for a second and the ball goes the other direction. You just can't have that. It is pretty, pretty significant when on a good day you get yourself going right and you're still making the same mistakes. It, it, all those I completely agree with, but the general, the, the higher, the 7,000-foot level, Matt, uh, maybe that's not that high if you're a pilot, so a 30,000-foot level, uh, level, you got the W, you're right, but nothing is fixed except for one thing. We're going to talk about Rasheed Rice coming up in the next segment, folks. Don't, don't miss that. But everything else is still the same. Juwan Taylor's still getting false starts. Other players are still dropping the ball. I'm not even going to talk about Kadarius Tony, what he did to me personally today. We'll talk about that on RGR, folks. But, Matt, like, so from the organizational level, Andy's still got to be pretty frustrated. It doesn't seem that anything's been completely erased. I thought Patrick was more judicious with the ball today. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on with Travis Kelsey, but I'm, I'm still concerned about all the things I was concerned about going into this game. Is there a ray of sunshine, particularly with Kels, or, or how did you feel that he played? Yeah, I think, I mean, if anything, I think that's just the, the issue with Kelsey is that he's been just beating the heck out of this season from the very beginning of the season. I mean, we talked about it before, you know, once that hyperextended knee got him, you know, he was never going to be 100% this year. And now on top of that, you just get the, the normal dings that a 34-year-old player is going to get. And uh, and he's had some bad luck, too. I mean, you know, we'll see what comes out of what happened there, you know, in the fourth quarter. Looked like he just he landed on his elbow. I mean, best case scenario is that it's just you, you go land on your elbow sometimes. I mean, you're going to get your, your funny bone rung pretty good. So you're going to hope that that's all it was, that it's nothing more than that. Um, but, you know, hey, he's 34 and all these things hurt more than they used to when he was 27. So it all adds up. Um, but, you know, you can count on him. I mean, there's not there's not going to be a Travis Kelsey letdown. He doesn't have that. Um, the other problems are, and, and I want to talk about, start off with the good, because I do think that this team looked more focused. They looked more energetic today. Um, I don't think there was any doubt about that. You, uh, the defense, especially on that first drive, won the energy battle against the Patriots' offense. So uh, even though the Patriots had a couple of moments, Bailey Zappi and Hunter Henry had a little thing going on, um, but the run game went absolutely nowhere, and that was something that you thought the Patriots were going to have to establish if they were going to win this game. Didn't happen. Um, the turnovers, obviously, cost the Chiefs points, and that made the outcome look a little bit worse than it was. Um, but the the mistakes were less. Even though they have made some, they were less. And no, I mean, you don't expect Harrison Butcher to miss a field goal like that. I mean, there were some... You know, some hits and misses in the special teams game too. This game, this team still is searching for the the perfect performance in all three phases, and they haven't done that for a while. So, but I mean, I I I still saw a lot of positives today. Yeah, there's a couple of negatives that really stand out, and the Kadarius Tony play is it's going to be something that hangs with this team again next week this week because they're all going to be getting questions about it. The only thing that maybe they have going for them is that you know when you play on a Monday. The Chiefs aren't back in the building until Thursday. And so to a degree, what happened on Sunday is 
going to be a little bit old news in four days when we finally get to the players. Well, but if the situation continues, they are going to lose games in the playoffs. They absolutely have to get something figured out over the next couple of days. Uh, maybe they come back a little bit earlier uh, than what they're supposed to, but you have to get things figured out between Kadarius, Tony, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, anybody's going to be th- have the ball thrown to him. Watson had a drop. Kelsey had a drop. Took four points off the board uh, early in the game, or I guess it was in the second half. Uh, Watson's drop really didn't hurt him as much, but it did. You know, it's another drop, and then. K- Kadarius Tony with two drops uh, in that game. Obviously, the one on the interception was bad enough, but he had another drop in that game. Those types of things are going to consistently get you beat in the playoffs if you continue to do them. That's something that they're going to have to get figured out. Penalties also cause some issues. Uh, I, I don't want to talk about the penalty on the first drive, the offensive pass interference. I think that was a crap call. Uh, but, you know, you can't – you cannot uh, have false starts and, you know – I think other than that, they played a pretty cleanly game for the most part, which is good. That's fair. What else was good? That's where we're going to move to now because one guy in particular wears number four really stood out. What did Rasheed Rice do? What is the, the clarification that we got today moving forward? That's coming up next and later in the show. The defense is still there and it's still doing its job. But first, uh, a little note from some of our pals. LinkedIn is not just another place where you can go put your job placements out there. LinkedIn is a great place to go help you find the talent that you want to bring to your team. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy. In fact, the 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the same time or resources to hire. Thankfully with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy They even just launched a new feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. So be sure to go check out LinkedIn jobs. Maybe you need to hire somebody for the the next week for the season, or maybe you're looking to hire somebody uh, headed into next year. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This was a day that stepped forward here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's one of those days that I'm pretty happy about because finally, and what I think is is the conclusion here of what we've been talking about is that I think you said it on social media during the ball game, Matt, that Rasheed Rice is clearly the number one receiver now. He is the foundation for the wide receiver room going forward. And this was confirmation where he out-targeted Travis Kelsey again. It's not about what he produced. It's about how many times the quarterback threw the ball to him when his best buddy's also out in the pattern. So is there any doubt in your mind that, A, this is what they have to double down on from here through the end of their season whenever that happens, and that can they continue – on this path of him being the focus and trying to find someone else to contribute at the wide receiver position. 
Well, you know, and there's a lot of things that were continue to be encouraging about it. And one is that it's is that not only are the chiefs designing things that get you know specifically to Rasheed Rice, but that Patrick is now looking for him when things go off schedule, when things aren't perfect. And Rasheed's doing a really good job of, as Andy said, being Patrick friendly. Did another good job of that today. He had a play that wasn't designed for him. It looked like maybe he was taking a little bit off the route, and you know, it was like, okay, the ball's not coming to me, so I'm running, running my crosser here. I'll, I'll phone it in a little bit. But then once he saw the play break down, he's like, oh, wait a minute, no, I need to, I need to set up here, and he made himself available. Mahomes and gets a first down. Um, so hey, he's a rookie. He's got things to clean up. You know, ball security is certainly going to be something that they're going to work on in the offseason, even though it's only hurt them the one time. Um, he's put the ball on the turf a couple of times, either or close to it. So they're going to work with him on that. He'll clean it up. A lot of rookies have issues with that. Um, the drops are the same thing. I mean, the drops that I see Rasheed Rice have are are different than I think the, the drops that like a Kadarius Tony is having. I mean, they are rookie concentration drops. He's thinking about 15 different things in his head. And, you know, once he gets to next season, I mean, that's going to be so much easier for him. So I'm expecting the, the drops and the ball security problems to really, you know, drop big time next year and that's what the focus on i mean you know yes rasheed rice is your number one guy right now but to me he's proven to be the guy that you want to build this room around you know he's going to be your number one so now it's all about you know how do you what do you look for in complimentary receivers to put around him and probably more specifically is that you're talking about him just being the number one pass target period because we're talking about Travis Kelsey. We mentioned he's 34. It's going to be 35 next year. You've got to start preparing for the day because it's sooner than later when he's not going to be the first guy that Mahomes looks to. And who is going to be that? Well, right now, I have no problems whatsoever saying Rasheed Rice is the guy you're going to be looking to. That That's the guy to put it on. Um, what he's doing as a rookie in Andy Reid's offense is is remarkable. I mean, I put him up there, you know, as clearly his performance is right up there with the Deshaun Jackson and the Jeremy Macklin. If that's the guy you're talking about, that's a really good receiver. So, I mean, the Chiefs have hit a home run here. So, I think you just, you take what you're getting from Rasheed Rice and you double down on it. Hard to argue with any of that. Uh, he is going to, he's right now on pace. To get close to a thousand yards receiving, Chiefs have never had a thousand yard rookie wide receiver. That could be something that could change. Uh, Andy Reid, I don't think, has ever had a thousand yard rookie wide receiver. Uh, different situation with Rasheed Rice. I agree with you. I think they need to build around him. Uh, I'm going to be curious to see how they kind of go about that in the offseason. Obviously, we need to talk about this game, uh, but building plays, getting him the ball out in space, getting him on. Uh, some of those dump screens that where you got a couple of guys in front of him, just getting him a chance to catch the ball and get upfield quickly and get ahead of steam helps him get yak, helps him get involved in the in the offense. I think that's a great way to use him. And one of the things that I think has been impressive watching uh, things throughout this season is just the way he's starting to find his way in zone. Uh, you know, you talked about him setting down at, at multiple different times, uh, and I believe it was the first half where he had a big catch over the middle of the field nobody was around him and you watch that ball being thrown to him before I think it was before Mahomes threw the ball Rashid looked over his shoulder to make sure nobody was around and that he was where he needed to be and Mahomes delivered the ball right there and that got them in scoring position so uh you know I, I think it's a good situation for the Chiefs and I, I do think that he's going to be their guy moving forward 
Well, and, and to me, there's there's two other things that are part of it. I mean, one is that teams are going to continue to still double-team Travis Kelsey. So as long as they're doing that, more than likely, Rasheed Rice is not going to get special attention. So he's not going to get double-teamed as well. I mean, you might get to a point where you start seeing some teams put their best corner on him. Maybe they'll counter him that way. But as long as the Chiefs are, have Travis Kelsey there, teams are still going to make an emphasis to take him away. So that's why Rice is going to continue to face plenty of single-team coverages. I have not seen yet any you know, evidence that any team is worrying about Rasheed Rice. This, they might be you know, putting a guy with his number on the field during practice during the week, but they're not saying stop this guy. The, you know, you've got to stop the Chiefs or else you've got to stop Rasheed Rice. As, as long as he's being you know, treated that way, that's why the Chiefs really have to take advantage of it because eventually teams are going to start paying more attention to him. Until they do, though, that's why I say, I mean, get it to him as much as they, you can right now. Rice was nine for nine today for a plus 10 average in terms of yardage. He was not alone. The running backs, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, and Jared McKinnon combined for a seven out of seven in receptions as well. I'm not going to steal Chris's thunder because I know he wants to talk about Mick for a minute. But CEH, second game in a row where he's running hard, he's making plays. That screen to the backside was a thing of beauty, especially with all three interior linemen out front of you. Yet he was able to add something to it. He wasn't simply just following his blocks. And I think that's the difference. It's the hardest we've seen CEH play since his rookie season, honestly, in that, that downpour in Buffalo. But this is what they had to have to get Pacheco back. Right now, that three-headed monster, I think they're going to have to continue to rely on them as the next guys after Rice and Kels. Anything, Matt, that you want to take away before Chris uh, goes off on uh, the wonder that is Jared McKinney? <laughs> I mean, I am going to have to emphasize uh, what you got from Clyde today. Um, that was rookie year Clyde that we saw. Um, wasn't as big of a day on the ground. I mean, you know, he uh, what was his rushing? He got 13 carries, so that's, that's a little bit. But obviously the Patriots did a pretty good job on that. He had one really nice run, broke out. It was kind of a longer play. Um, wasn't as effective there, but in the past game, he was – dead on perfect um that screen was obviously extremely well executed and he added some yards at the end of it to make some guys miss uh you know for as much criticism as Clyde has taken in this town the last couple of years give it to him when he he gives you a good performance he was a huge part of this win today um not sure necessarily you win the game without Clyde even though you love Jarek McKinnon but you need somebody that can do a little bit of the dirty work. And he did even some power back pounding it away on third and short. Hey. So, you know, give it, give it to Clyde. There was, there was, there was a lot that he gave you to like today. There was a lot to like about what Clyde did. And it wasn't just the way he caught the ball, but it was also obviously uh, running the ball. I mean, there was a, a play where he's running around the left end. And if he's able to get his foot down and actually cut off of it, that could have been a huge gain. I mean, he missed it just by inches. Uh, trying to run down the sideline and got pushed out right uh, around there. But, you know, the catch, I mean, his catch in the in the end zone, that's the play you haven't seen from anybody on the Chiefs this season, of going up and high-pointing the ball and coming down with it. And he came down hard but held on to it. And to see how excited his entire team was to see him get that kind of catch and to see him make that kind of play, I think that's encouraging as well. And, you know, we haven't even talked about Jarek McKinnon yet. Obviously, you know, he throws for a touchdown pass and, and say what you want about it. It's a little pitch, uh, but he threw for a touchdown pass and he caught a touchdown, touchdown pass. A uh, little bit of a concern as he heads to the locker room a little bit before halftime, but he came back out and played. So I think he should be good going forward. Uh, but if they can get this kind of production from those two and you add a healthy Pacheco, 
or at least a you know close to healthy Pacheco in the next couple of weeks, I think you got to feel pretty good about the about the running back room in this offense. You definitely have to. The other thing that you can feel very comfortable with is what's going on, on the defensive side. We haven't talked about them yet. And yes, there were a couple of plays they gave up, but a couple of great performances today as well. The defense is the backbone that they can win on. We're going to dig into it all coming up next after our word from our pals to give you what you need if you want to get in the action. And it started to rain. The cold uh, weather is coming on in the, the last half of the season here. But the NFL is starting to heat up, and if you want to get into it, get on FanDuel right now. Right now, new customers are getting $150 back in bonus bets applied to their account when you win a $5 money line bet. Just 5 bucks to get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Get into the action right now. It's all on joining FanDuel. There's no better time to get after it than right now. You can bet the spreads, the props. The unders, overs, uh, everything that you can think of is all right there. It's a wide range of betting options, and it's all in the app, and it's all at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get over there now. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to start the high season and into the playoff season of the NFL from FanDuel, a partner of the NFL. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now that we've uh, progressed through everybody's favorite fantasy side of the ball game, we get to talk about my favorite side. Guys that stop dudes from doing stuff against them, and that's what I'm here for. Uh, performances that, that I want to call out, uh, some are obvious, some are not. Um, I don't think Chris Jones showed up on the stat line as much as he should. Yes, he uh, he forced that interception, uh, was backing the pocket up all day long. But he, again, was kind of the catalyst that I felt drove the whole thing. Mike Dana was in position a number of times, thanks to him. Uh, a many who coming off the edge was due to having Chris inside. Uh, all this hubbub that we've had all year, Matt, and uh, I know a couple of weeks ago he said some things about this might be his last season in Kansas City and all that. It's definitely paying off right now. I still feel he's the catalyst, and he was today in what looked like he was spitting rain at the end there in New England. Anything to take away from Chris's game overall? Yeah, I mean, if you want to know why Chris's name didn't show up much in the box score today, um, go back and look at any just random Chiefs defensive play on the highlights, and you'll see why. Um, he was generally being held by at least one guy, if not two, on pretty much every single play. So... Um, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that the officials were letting him play in the trenches for the most part today. I, I don't know. Did we even see an offensive holding call today? I don't think that we did. And there was a lot of holding. I mean, both sides did it a little bit. So, but, um, yeah, there was a couple of plays that really stood out. You know, there was a, a screen that New England had that, uh, Chris was definitely being brought to the ground and there was a, a play like either the next play or one after that. Um, he had like two guys linking his arms, <laughs> basically holding him back from Bailey Zappi. So that was it. I mean, that was the biggest reason why. I mean, the, the, the Patriots were absolutely determined not to let him make plays and 
And what happens when you do that? Well, Charles Aminahue gets a sack and Derek Naughty gets a sack. You know, there were other guys that were stepping up and making plays. And, you know, and and that was the thing is that the Chiefs were consistently getting pressure on Zappi with, with just four. They weren't having to bring a lot of blitzes when they did. Like Jalen Watson gets a sack. I mean, they were effective. So, yeah, I mean, there was, you know, as far as what the, the defensive line did today, and Chris in particular, did their job. I mean, they, they got the pressure when needed and didn't seem to have a lot of breakdowns up front. And the biggest thing to me to look at is what this defense did today, 10 points off two turnovers where those drives went all of 30 yards. Um, Chiefs handed, Chiefs offense handed 10 points. So when you do that, that's how you get to a 27-17 game that should have been 27-7. No, absolutely. And four sacks on the day. You get a sack from Naughty. You get a sack from Aminahue, Tranquil, and Jalen Watson. Like you said, uh, Chris Jones was helping all of those, you know, in all those scenarios, he was helping get the pressure on Zappi. And Zappi looked like he was uh, just throwing the ball up multiple times. How many times did Zappi just throw the ball up and make, I don't want to call it make great throws, but there was one play, at least, what, what was it against Snead? I think that Zappi threw the ball up and uh hunter henry came down with it and he just threw the ball up i mean it was here try to go get it and sneak can't make a turn fast enough and, and you miss that and then the the touchdown to hunter henry was another one where he made a great play on that one that was a fantastic throw by zappy i'll give him credit on that one uh willie gay just barely missed it with his hands uh the the defense was playing hard all day and you're absolutely right matt they gave up 10 points that they shouldn't have had to have even had a chance to to give up because you cannot give them the ball on your half of the field. And the Chiefs did that again. If you do that against good teams, you're going to lose. I'm glad you guys mentioned uh, them. Um, a, my guy Zappy. Yep, it's an up and down game with the Zapster, but you see what he's capable of if he ever gets a quarterback coach. Sorry, Bill O'Brien, he needs one. Uh, that he'll actually be able to develop. Well, we've seen the, the highs and the lows, but. You mentioned the other guy that was really important there because I think one of the players of the day that didn't go on it because he almost tipped that pass, he almost caught another interception, and he did catch one and return it quite nicely, was Willie Gay. He was targeted on a couple of those Hunter Henry completions. And so he did give up some yards as well. But I thought Willie had one of the least touted games by the broadcast and certainly was something that made impact on this ball game. Willie Gay is probably playing his best in the last five, six weeks that we've ever seen him play. Matt, do you disagree? No, I don't disagree. I mean, I think he's been playing really well, but that's just, to me, circles back to one of the reasons why this Chiefs defense has been as good as it is, is that it has been getting good linebacker play. And, you know, and I think they certainly missed uh, having Joe, Joe Tranquil out there the last couple of games. And Nick Bolton, as I think Andy Reid noted earlier, you know, is out there kind of playing with one wing right now with the wrist still bandaged up, but Gay's been playing great. I mean, and also Leo Chanel, I mean, for the handful of snaps that he's getting and everything, tipped the pass, uh, you know, been playing great off the, off the ball. Um, they've got a, a group of linebackers now and Drew Tranquil, obviously, you know, Chris mentioned gets the sack and, you know, him and Nick back out there and even getting them down the field at the same time. I mean, all those linebackers to me are just playing really, really well. And, and Gay's a great example of that. I mean, I, I mean, it's probably not a coincidence, Ryan, that, that Willie is playing his best football at the end of a contract year. So <laughs> funny how that like works. That as our as our dear friend Therese always said, the contract year is undefeated. Yeah. And the one thing that I thought that was really impressive that it continues to be something I think Kansas City can build on. I know some Chiefs fans are gonna be 
upset that Tranquil wasn't on the field more, but the Chiefs basically ran in Tranquil at different times for Gay, ran in Tranquil at different times for Bolton. Uh, they were using him in multiple different scenarios, and you did see Bolton on the field with Tranquil at the same time. You saw Bolton on the field with Gay and Schnell at, at times, but the point is, is that they're mixing those three guys in there uh, and using them in the best ways possible, giving them all a little bit of rest, giving them the ability to do different things uh, on defense. And I think that's exactly what you need to do from the defense. And I don't want to, I don't want to get away from, I don't want to, you know, downplay what the defense did, but I want to ask a question and switch it over to offense really quick, because I have to ask, I have to know what both of you think on this. How do you go to Noah Gray on what the first play of the game, second <laughs> play of the game, and don't go back to him the rest of the game? That's the life of Noah Gray. I'm sorry, he, two, he got one he other two catches, reception. Two targets on, yeah. on two catches. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Noah's career high is three. So, I mean, every game for Noah Gray is almost a career game. But that's life when you're behind, playing behind Travis Kelsey. I mean, you're fighting for scraps. So, yeah, I mean, the good thing for Noah Gray is that, especially this season, I think he's made big plays when he's gotten the opportunities. But that's a tough thing when your number two tight end behind that tight end one is there's not going to be a lot of opportunities, no matter how hard you work or how good you look. Yeah. Well, and Quick, I you behind Travis What was that, Matt? Ryan? Sorry. I said, anybody in the audience, name George Kittle's backup right now. I dare you. I can't do <laughs> and it either. I, and I get all that. My point is, is that you have something, you show that you have something in him early in the game and you don't go back to it. That's the thing that's frustrating with this offense when they're struggling to find people to throw the ball to and struggling to get people that can move the chains. So, you know, I've been calling it for weeks. Throw the ball to Graymore. I'm not saying he has to get five or six targets a game, but use him. Put him on the field and use him. And, you know, and really the only the only difference to me is that, you know, that's a, one of those opening script plays. So it's something that they ran a dozen times this week and were well rehearsed. And, you know, when you get the plays that aren't scripted, there's not as many that are designed up for Noah. Yeah. You can go back to that script. I'm just saying. It's <laughs> true. Awesome. Uh, that said, we're, we're going to end on happy notes because we have game balls to give out. And Matt, as our resident expert, goes first. Um, and he actually chose first today. It's not We're not contriving this whole thing like usual. <laughs> yes, I'll wear it. That I, 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 We may have done some horse trading to make sure that a, a certain player got, got that picked. But, uh, and I still know who Ryan's taking for sure. But, uh, I, hey, I had to take Rasheed Rice. Um, good day for the rookie. Uh, yeah, hold on to the football. Got to put that ball away. Make sure he doesn't get, get poked away. But no drops. Uh, once again, really effective after the catch. Did a good job of getting open. A couple of broken plays where he made himself available. Uh, what, nine catches, 91 yards. Touchdown. He is uh, – I'm still going to recognize Mark Bo Richter as the, the, the rookie record with eight touchdowns because playing two years in the Canadian Football League does not mean you're not a rookie. So – I'm still going to give it – he needs one more to catch Mark Bo Richter for most touchdowns by a, a first-year receiver in Kansas City. <laughs> but um, big one. And now he's the number three receiver in yards on the, for a rookie in Chiefs history. Um, does accolades just keep piling up for Rashid? It was a really, really good day for him on a day, the day that they needed him. Yeah, I think he gets the – I actually think he takes the record. I think he gets the nine this year uh, just because of the way that they use him in the offense. I'm going to go a little bit different than most would expect me to go. I would say the most would say that maybe McKinnon deserves a game ball. I'm going to go with CEH. I'm going to go with Clyde. Uh, the way he ran after the catch, the way he was able to go up and high point the ball, the way he was able to just 
move the move the change just a little bit at different times, uh, catching the ball and the way he looked, you know, really running it for the most part as well. Uh, I thought he looked great today. And if they can continue having that kind of play from him and then you get Pacheco back and you have McKinnon, uh, it's going to be very hard to stop that running back room. And it's very important that they are they continue to do that because their receivers are struggling outside of Rice. Yeah, it's just the way that it is. Uh, I will, of course, take the defensive side of the ball. And you guys already heard me talk about uh, Willie Gay, who was one of the options there. Um, honorable mention uh, to Justin Reed. I, I considered him for a minute because I felt like he brought it most of the day to get caught out of position once that, that hurt them, but not drastically. But unfortunately, the broadcast already highlighted a lot of these things, but they happen to be true as well. Your leading tackler, two passes defensed and two TFLs. Legereus needs sets the tone as much as Chris Jones does because Chris in the front four, they're going to do their thing, but the rest of the field has to live up to what Legereus is putting out there. And I do feel, as we were all concerned in training camp about him missing time and building into the season, he is peaking right here at the end where they need him the most. He and McDuffie, I thought, moved around and traded off well today, but it was luxurious need that, that drove that defensive secondary, and they need that to springboard for the postseason. I'm looking forward to what comes next for that. We hope that you are. We'd like to know who your game ball goes to. Leave your comments down below. Make sure you like, sub, and hit the bell here on YouTube. And uh, hit us on the text line if you want to get the extra stuff at 816-357-8781. Don't forget to subscribe to Matt on ChiefsDigest.com, as well as chiefs digest here on youtube make sure you do that and chris is going to end it with whatever he says that i did wrong i'm not going to say anything wrong i just want to say something that we didn't talk about is they this defense really misses brian cook on the back end uh his you saw it today multiple times and we would be remiss if we didn't say they really miss him on the back end i like edwards but he is not quick enough to get to the point where he needs to in, in multiple different plays throughout the game. And that is going to cost them as long as Cook is out. So something to watch going forward. Hopefully Cook is able to come back for the playoffs. Agreed. Three combined uh, tackles for Tamari Connor as well. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, uh, the advanced coverage stats as well as what I can find on film. So Matt, any last thoughts here on uh, the day and what it means going forward? Uh, hey, get ready for the Raiders on Christmas Day, noon football. I mean, does it get any better than that, guys? I mean, come on, get open up your presents and get ready to go. It's uh, going to be an interesting week at Arrowhead. Uh, we'll see what Kadarius Tony stories develop throughout the week. But enjoy your win. Enjoy your win. Relax and just kick back and wait until noon Monday football. Let's just hope for Raiders under 17, <laughs> not 63. Right. Yeah. And I will promise everybody in the audience that uh, I, I will be in my Christmas jams for that stream. It will be kind of fun. So you guys have a good week. Thanks for joining us here live post game. Make sure you like sub hit the bell. Matt, thanks for all of your time and your expertise and filling us in. Appreciate it, guys. Take care, everybody. You all have a great one. Enjoy Monday and we'll get back to you tomorrow. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you then. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.